Hey everyone, I'm Tom Harrison. And I'm Michael Williams. And welcome to Speaking Covidly, Empowering Talk in Turbulent Times. Hey, Michael. Hey, Tom. How are you, man? <laughs> Good, man. <laughs> Long time no talk. <laughs> yeah, I just sent you a picture of the moon. So, so I hope you see it. It's like the sun awesome. is going down on one side and the moon is coming up on the other. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. Good to see that. So, yeah, man, we, so we were just talking about a conversation that you had with a coaching client um, about them not being enough. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, speaking of not being enough, uh, it was really interesting how, you know, I think you and I have talked about this before, right? How, hey, this comes up, right? We often feel like we're not enough. And she was somebody who in so many ways seemed like she was totally enough. Like, I honestly thought when she was telling me about her business, about what she's up to, about the fact that she has this wonderful massage business, but now they can't do it because they have to go online. But she really seemed to have it really dialed in and really together. And then I asked her, so what are the challenges you're facing? Other than, of course, the challenge we're all facing with this virus and the fact you have to go online. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, there's two things. One of them is this feeling that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy, that I can't, I can't do it. And the other mm. was being disorganized, which is connected. We can talk more about that later. Mm. But yeah, this is really interesting because that would not have been, if I had not asked that question, so what is getting in your way, I wouldn't have thought, I would, it would never have occurred to me that she's not enough, that she's not up to it, that she can't do it because everything she had said up to that point Gave me every reason to believe, well, you've got it dialed in. Thank I'm glad somebody's got it got it worked <laughs> out because I'm not sure I do. So anyway, that was pretty revealing to me. So, you know, somebody can come across, can be talking to us. Sounds like from our perspective, they're way more than enough. But the problem is they're not enough. What do you think she meant or what did she say in terms of I'm not enough? Like so her business is needing to transform itself and and transfer from offline to online. What does she mean when she's saying she's not enough? Like what, what does that mean? So now I want to present the fact that it could, it probably means a lot more than what I'm going to share because you know, we can, there's so many different layers to this, right? There might be many things that we didn't talk about in our call and we were on the phone for about two hours that I don't know. Right. But in terms of what we talked about and what makes complete sense, once I knew the whole more of the story, interestingly, it has a lot to do with that second obstacle she said she had, which is being organized, which doesn't sound like it has anything to do with being enough. But what happened is she started telling me about all these things they have that they're planning to do online now that they don't have their massage practice. And she had all these wonderful ideas, and they all sound like great ideas. And it, became, it was starting to become more and more clear to me as she rolled out another idea and another idea and another idea. I'm thinking, that's a lot. I, I, I said, I said, I said, well, that's a lot. You got a, a lot going on. She's like, yeah, I know. I don't know mm -hmm. if I can do it. And I said, oh, well, that's interesting. Is, would that be kind of like, I don't know if I'm enough? She's like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. I don't know if I'm enough to do it. And so it's like, well, interesting. What was your second problem again? 
This is it all being organized? What are you dealing with right now? Right, so she was actually dealing with a problem, an organization problem, right? Having too much to try to organize, too much to try to figure out how to do. Mm-hmm. No matter how bright you are, you, we've talked about this a lot, right? No matter how brilliant you are and what you can do, you can't do it all, right? Mm-hmm. So she was faced with just a very real practical problem, but it was reminding her that she's not enough. Right, so she was. She had found herself in this trap, in this vicious cycle, where she has this tendency to have all these great ideas, which is awesome. Right, it's wonderful mm-hmm. to have great ideas, but she's trying to mm-hmm. chase them all, noticing she can't do it. At the same time, they're great ideas that she wants to pursue, and at the very same time, the exact same concept is reinforcing this idea that I'm not enough because I can't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was really powerful and to see how she, you know, she's in this loop where it's like, wow, she, she was so clear on what she wants to do, so clear on what her problems are, what, what's getting in the way, yet they seem so different. And the truth is she's in this kind of, you know, we're all on some sort of hamster wheel. You know, what's your version of the hamster wheel? And her version of the hamster wheel is, I'm not enough. Let me do more. I'm not enough. Let me do more. Oh, well, well, I'll be damned. How can you ever be enough when there's too much to do? Mm-hmm. So what did you suggest to her to do? Because obviously, um, the more she feels like she's not enough, the more she feels like she needs to do to, <laughs> to prove that she is. Which to prove that she is enough, and of course, it actually proves she's right. 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 So what did you suggest to her that she needs to do? So this is what's, what's kind of fascinating about this is the solution we had actually already talked about. Mm-hmm. And I find this fascinating. You've probably seen this. I've seen it in a lot of, with a lot of clients where you get clarity on a vision. You've heard me say this a lot. You get clarity on the mm-hmm. one thing you must do. Mm-hmm. Right? You, get, mm-hmm. you get pretty damn clear about it. So just for example, in her case, what was core to her vision, like core to her purpose, like something that, that had to be there, was this, I'm trying to see if I can put it in a way that's, uh, that won't get too deep and I can actually summarize it, but essentially it had to do with connecting with another person, like a one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. And she said it could be with other people, but, her, but the reality is her experience is one-on-one, right? So, so that's why mm-hmm. let's just focus on that, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And her experience, of course, is mainly from massage because, you know, that's her, cause one of her favorite and most, you know, one of her areas of highest expertise is in that modality of massage, of touch therapy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we all know how much of a connection you can get that way, right? If you've, had, if you've been, you know, lucky enough to get a massage like that where you have that kind of incredible connection. Mm-hmm. And Tisha, when she gets the right, you know, when it's the right person, Meaning, you know, someone who, who really resonates with her, right, and her vibe and her approach, then she, she and her client get into this state of, she didn't use the word, but I'll say bliss, basically, right, where they just mm-hmm. feel this deep, profound connection that is just, that's divine, right, that's this sense of oneness between the two. And it's just incredibly powerful. And she's had, there's been nothing basically more powerful in her life. 
Mm-hmm. And so what better thing to base your business on, right, than that kind right. of connection? Now, right now, part of the concern is how do I get, how do I replicate that connection online? But this, and in many ways, that's right. almost a different subject. Because, mm. because the point being, we had already, we had already clarified, this is, this is core to my vision. Like if nothing else was in the vision, this would have to be there, right? This mm-hmm. is the one thing that, you know, whether I'm in Paris, whether I've got a big house, whether I've got millions of dollars or nothing, regardless of anything else in my vision, whether I've got a partner and kids or not, this experience of being connected with another person and through your connection, you're connected with the divine, was paramount to her purpose, mm-hmm. right? So keep in mind, so we'd already talked about that. Then we looked at what was getting in the way. I'm not enough, not well organized. And then she t- proceeds to tell me about all these different ideas. They, mm-hmm. They're actually mm-hmm. in, okay. the, in the act of pursuing, which don't necessarily lead to that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you see what I'm saying? So there's one thing that's clear. Now we now granted it's a it's a new situation because she can't do those massages. But she also said qualified it later by saying, "Oh well, I don't. You know, even if I was still able to do massages now, it's not like it happens every time. You know, I don't have that experience every time, mm-hmm. which is a way of backing away from our dream. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a way of qualifying it and saying, "Well, I'm not enough to make it. I mean, and she said this, but you know. I don't know if I can make it happen every time. Oh, so another way of saying I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that we talked about is, is because she had so many different things that she wanted to do that she felt overwhelmed. And this crossed over into her feeling that she wasn't well organized. <laughs> she wasn't well organized because she had so many damn things to do. So we, we talked about that when you're when you're clear about what you must do, you're clear about what you're called to do, that you can cut a lot of that stuff out. And you and I have talked about the 80-20 and just really mm-hmm. bring it into the one or two things that I must do right now, right? And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember you said, well, so once you've... Once you've carved out the one or two things you want to do, organization is no longer an issue because you only have exactly. one or two things that you're going to do. So say, so say a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That was kind of that was kind of I had to bring her back. Right, she was going down all these lanes, and in one way, I didn't I didn't want to stop her because she was you know she's passionate about these things, and right. and it, it was becoming more and more clear that this is what she's been working on. She's been putting a lot of time in this. I don't want to like bust. Oh, let me bust that bubble. That's not, you know, let me bust that bubble. I I didn't want to be that person. And at the same Mm -hmm. time, it was very clear that what was happening is the exact thing. She's setting herself up for failure. I hate to say that, but it's clear because she's, she's basically building out. Imagine, you know, she's on the hamster wheel and now she's expanding the hamster wheel. And not only that, mm-hmm. but she's creating a series of hamster wheels. And the reason I can say this with authority is because I freaking do this. This is, this is my pattern that I am, have to be very conscious of. And thankfully, I know the ways to get around it. But I've got to be super cautious and, and aware, right? I've got to be awake to it or else I'll be right there. I just build another, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not on the hamster wheel. I'm on a different hamster wheel. It's still a freaking hamster wheel, you know? <laughs> just moving from one to, it's the same cycle, in other words. Mm-hmm. And so... 
And she recognized that. So I was able to pull her back in that very thing. It's like, well, wait a minute, okay, let's go back to that experience. And let's, let's let that experience be one thing. And, in, and the truth is, it was one thing. She was able to very clearly um, articulate one activity that, that allowed that experience to evolve. Mm-hmm. One thing, not 10 million things. Now, now, of course, you say we can say one thing in massage, and then somebody could say, well, massage is built up, you know, there's 100 things you do in massage. And I'm sure that's true, but when you're doing it, you don't think of it as 100 things. Mm-hmm. Right? And you know this, like, right, with speech. Right. There's lots involved in speech, but if you stop and try to think about everything, you're doomed to failure <laughs> in your speech. Right. So, yeah, exactly. so really it's about this one thing. This I love how you brought up 80-20, because that would be like the, that would be the 100% in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. If there's, okay, what's better than 80? 100. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. And, and there's all these doubts around it. Like the core one being, oh, well, that would be, that is true, and that has happened, and yes, that is the one thing. However, I'm not enough. And that, and that brings Therefore, me to uh, another part of our conversation, which so funny because I was, you know, I told you that I was thinking about this earlier today um, mm-hmm. about a little series that I did some years ago uh, where, you know, we, we often think about who am I, right? When, when we start thinking about a business that we want to start or, you know, even just, I want to put out a video on Facebook now, you know, we're all kind of locked in. And there might be something that you want to share with people, something that you want to share with your friends or something you want to share that you think might be helpful or inspiring. Or maybe, you know, you've just got a whole body of knowledge or some experience that you want to share. And then that fear comes in because you are talking about a program that you're working on. Um, and I'll let you give the title a little later, but that has something to do with the, like the fear, the fear that actually paralyzes us, distracts us. And so we tend to think, well, who am I? Who am I to share this? Who's going to listen to me? And it just made me think about Moses and how uh, God was calling Moses to do something. And he was like, whoa, wait a minute. Who am I? Why would they, first of all, even listen to me? And then second, why would they follow me? Like, who am I? And then he started giving God a whole bunch of excuses as to, well, I have a stuttering problem. And well, you know, this and that, right? <laughs> and God was starting to go, okay, I'm going to give you an interpreter. I'll give you somebody who can speak for you. And I'll give you a staff and all this kind of stuff. And so a lot of times we do the same thing when we actually feel called to do something. Like whatever it is, whatever it is, we feel called to do something. And then we stop. And that fear gets us and we go, whoa, wait a minute, who am I? I'm not going to create a video. Who's going to watch this video? Who's going Or people might think, well, man, who does he or who does she think she is telling me about such and such? And that literally stops us. And then I think what we discussed after that was the fact that there are going to be people out there who can only hear the things they need to hear from you. That there's something special about your voice your style of speaking, your experience that resonates with them. 
so there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I know who probably find me boring. They're like, okay, this guy's boring, or he speaks too slow, or he's not uh, exciting enough. But what I discovered over the years is that there's a, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands people of people in different parts of the world who actually love the way I speak. <laughs> so if I had listened to my own voice or listened to what some other people said, I would have never gotten on the internet. I would never started doing videos, but I found people in different parts of the world who actually love the way I speak. So when we ask the question, who am I? Well, you are that person that's being called to speak to someone else who actually needs to hear from you. I love that. Oh, I love the way you articulated that. Oh, by the way, that moonshot is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> gorgeous. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, God, wow, where do I go from that? It's uh, this beautiful example of this, who am I? Yeah, I think in a big way on this call with this, um, this beautiful woman who had this incredible vision was really saying, who am I? <laughs> An amazing right. voice. And, and actually, it's interesting because, you know, you're all about speech. And one of the main things she said early on was, um, you know, basically along the lines of I'm not enough is, you know, I don't I don't I don't know if I should be heard, which is another way of saying who am I? I mean, I don't think Ooh. I don't think she used the words who am I, but she said a lot of other things that mean the same thing. Right? Mm -hmm. Not enough. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that I should be doing this. <laughs> right. Um, right. I can't see myself. I, I don't know that I have the right things to say. And the truth Ooh, is, wow. right? I mean, it was what was so interesting. I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm like, she is lying <laughs> to the universe. And I didn't say that to her. But that's what came yeah. to me because the reality is, her voice. I'm not kidding you, Michael. Her voice was beautiful. I mean, mm. entra en 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 enchanting, right? I mean, I was mm -hmm. trying to say entrancing. I mean, truly, I mean, I'm not kidding. She's the kind of person that, and I didn't, it wasn't face-to-face. -face, it was a call like this. Mm -hmm. And I've never met her. I have no idea what she looks like. I have no clue, right? Um, mm -hmm. But that voice could build rapport in a moment. But uh -huh. She could say, like, she could say whatever. She could just be saying, boom, you know, gibberish. <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah, awesome. That's so cool. Oh, I love you. And, you know, be right. like, she'd be like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're this is beautiful. I mean, it was just incredible. And, and, not, and, and she and probably doesn't she, even know that. Yeah. So she was actually like really kind of surprised when I was like, wait a minute, you're talking about your voice and you're talking about how you don't know that you should get in front of people and you, know, you don't know if you have anything that they want to hear and all these different things. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I can listen to you all day. And not only there that, mm -hmm. but right. she was saying, but, but, then to take it even further, which is really, you know, talking about effective communication, mm. she was speaking with great clarity. She was speaking mm. with a lot of passion. She was speaking with, with great intention. I mean, this was a very conscious conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And she was also, on top of all that, she was speaking very poetically. So I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm just thinking, you know, this is in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm being set up here. You know, I mean, seriously, I, mean, I, I felt like I'm speaking to somebody who's famous and who's just made a, you know, made a, a name for themselves as a poet and an author and a speaker and a presenter. And she's just taking me for a ride. 
And I'm gonna, and maybe I, who knows? Maybe I'll find out later. Oh my God, she's like, oh, how did I not know about her? <laughs> but pretty interesting. I mean, I'm not kidding either. She was really, her voice clearly. We we talk about that right in your world, and mm-hmm. your voice needs to be heard. And it's true for everybody, and certainly mm-hmm. for her. So I love that. I mean, what you're saying, every so much of what you just said, in many ways came out of her mouth, just with different words. Exactly, exactly. So, so we really, you know, we want people to, wow, to just kind of reflect on this and understand that, uh, well, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, you know, when you, and how did you put it? I don't know. Well, I'm going to put it this way, and then you can say it the way that you said it before. But when you're when you're walking your why, when you're doing what you're called to do, then you don't have as much fear, right? Fear. In fact, what did you say, Tom? You said fear. You said you're immune to fear, right? Remember, you said something like that. Oh, so what I was saying is that being being your by being yourself. Right, so by being uh-huh. yourself, which is which is exactly what she was doing on the call, just for example, right? Her, even though she's right. doubting it in the moment, she was being herself. So being yourself is building immunity to fear. Exactly, that's what you said. Yeah. So that's a powerful statement, and and I've experienced that, and and probably so has everyone else. That when you're, it's kind of when you're in that flow. And you're doing what you know you're called to do, what you're supposed to do. Uh, you're not really afraid. You're not really thinking about that. You're just you're just doing what you need to do, and you're doing it well. And people are are blessed by it. So that kind of reminds me and encourages me, and hopefully it's going to encourage whoever might be listening to this. Uh, that getting clear about what you're called to do, and then focusing on doing that. Uh, immunizes you to fear. You just just simply don't experience it as much. Like, I just don't experience it as much as I used to when I'm doing what I know I'm called to do. Amen. It's like, when you hear the calling, answer the call. The call is for you. Don't let it go to voicemail. (laughs) Right? It's like, we know it, right? We know when we're being called. Right. And for a lot of it, we've had this conversation many times, right? There's, there are moments, let's just be real, we're human. And that's why we, we can distinguish this, right? We, we're, we know there's times when we're not answering the call. We know mm-hmm. there's times we're not. And, and where are we usually when that's happening? <laughs> all over the place. Mm-hmm. Right? Or we're either all right. over the place or we're lost. Either one or the other. I don't know of an in-between. Mm-hmm. It's, to me, it's like we're lost which is basically we're just kind of numb and we're just like not, you know, don't know where we are. Mm. We're all over the place, the other extreme, like as if we're looking for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then there's being ourselves. Right. And I love what you just said. I mean, just the way you articulated that. Just in, in that space, what are we doing? We're focused. And we're focused on one thing. Now, you and I have talked about this a lot, how one, the one thing or the thing we need to be focused on, we know, and I kind of touched on this earlier, of course it's not one action. It's not one task. It's not one and done. 
by any means. It's a journey, right? So that's why I talk about walk your why, not get to your why, and not even start with, I love start with why, but if, if all you do is start with why, and you end up somewhere else, where are you? Right, so it's all about living on purpose, and at the same time, we have to constantly remind ourselves, right? You and I remind each other, and we have to remind ourselves, and we need other reminders, et cetera. So it's not like it's supposed to be automatic. I mean, mm -hmm. we're in some way, we are creating these automatic habits on some level, but at the same time, we're not waiting for that right now. Oh, it's not automatic. Oh, well, I guess it's not for me. <laughs> right, this is, right? Oh, I answered the call, but then they stopped calling. Oh, well, because it's not for me. That's not true, right? Mm -hmm. we, we have to keep stepping into it and stepping it up and showing up. And when we do, that one thing really becomes one thing. It's like one thing can be very big, right? Like in your world, you're helping on one level. One of the many things you do is bringing people to smooth, calm, clear, confident speech, mm -hmm. right? And even if we call it one thing, a smooth speech, there's a lot to that. Mm -hmm. Right. And you and I both know that it's not about, OK, hey, oh, well, here's where you go. Just go to smooth speech. Duh. That's right. But there is one focus. And people can get a sense through working with you what it means to have smooth speech, like what it, what it, could, what it could look like for me. Right. And they can mm -hmm. move into that. And meanwhile, they're doing a lot. They're building a lot of different habits that all come together as smooth speech. But when they're doing them, you're focused on one thing that's a part of the one bigger thing, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we, at no moment do we need to be, at no moment, really, if we're effective, are we trying to figure out what we're, what we're doing or trying to figure out what road we take or what lane we take, right? Ultimately, we, we figure that out and we take it. Exactly. And there's a um, a program that you put together. What's the name of that program? Be you, not fear. Mm -hmm. And what, if you had to summarize it in a few simple phrases, what is it? Why is that relevant to me now? And how is that going to help me now? Well, if one thing's true for, I'll, I'll dare say most people now, if not a huge number globally, is a level of fear that we mm -hmm. share, right? We all have our own fears, but now we all share a common fear. And then we mm -hmm. have our own fears that come out of that, right, with the virus. Mm -hmm. And so the, to the point where really, the big problem is the fear. It's the viral fear is a much bigger problem than the virus itself, ultimately. Because mm -hmm. if we don't get through the fear, then we're never going to be able to be ourselves. And so this whole thing about be you or be yourself, not fear, is because the truth is for a lot of us, we, even before COVID, we were, if we really honestly looked at our lives and analyzed it, a lot of time we were being fear. We were being our fears. Mm -hmm. For example, I, we started with, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Those are fears. Right? I'm afraid right. I'm not enough. I'm afraid mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. So 
a lot of us have been identifying with these fears, many fears, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And now we have new ones on top of it. And hopefully, if anything, hopefully it gives us a break from the same old fears and gives us something new to be fearful of. But that's not exactly a solution, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here's something that, that we can talk about in another conversation, because this, this, this next one will take us another 20 to 30 minutes. And we talked about this today also. So I think we'll save this for the next one. But that is, we are now moving into a whole new economy. Things will not be the same. I mean, yeah, they hopefully will get better, but they'll be different. And I remember years ago when I was working for a nonprofit and uh, the the grant was over and I was literally out of work. Now I knew it was coming, but there, there was like nothing like, what else am I going to do? This is what I've been doing for the past, I don't know, it was like five or seven years, but it was like what I've been doing. And I'd also started my online business, um, helping people who stutter or struggle with their speech, but I wasn't, and you know, I wasn't generating enough money. I was like, man, what the freak am I going to do now? I'm out of work and I really want to do this, but the, I'm not generating enough money. And I literally got depressed. I went out, I got another job, working a job very similar to the one that I was working, which I, I didn't hate it, but this other one I really did hate. Ended up leaving that in about a month. And it just so happened that this guy, this young guy who was a doctor, called me from India and started saying, hey, uh, I'd like to have you coach me and my father, you know, really likes your stuff, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, and I'll give you a longer version later, but uh, these were very, very super wealthy people. They had talked to Tony Robbins and he said, you know, we don't really do this because they saw his video online of him helping somebody who studied and they had enough money to contact him and say, hey, I want you to help my son. And he said, this is what Tony Robbins said, hey, we don't, that's not what we really do. So they went on YouTube, found my videos. I had probably about 300 then. Now I have about six or 700. And they said, okay, you're the guy for us. We want you to help our son. And eventually they hired me. They flew me to India to stay with them for a month that year, flew me back the next year. And that's what launched my coaching business around 2012. But the point of this whole thing is that I was in a place where I was pretty clear about what I wanted to do. I was pretty clear about what I was called to do, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to do it. But because I was clear about what I wanted to do and I had already started doing it, right? It was, even though it was part-time. And I think here's one of the, the lessons that I had already started doing it. So I'd already started creating videos, putting stuff out there for someone to actually find, (laughs) even though I wasn't making any money off of it. And when they found it, it it's just the perfect time. I was depressed. I wasn't making any money. And it launched my coaching business, and which has now helped me step further into my calling, you know, to walk further into what I know that I'm supposed to be doing. So I say that as an encouragement that this is a time where many people are literally forced to take a look at 
what they're being called to do, what why they're here, and forced to do something about that. And that as we move through this, uh, like this is the time now to start putting stuff together, getting stuff out there, so that when we're through this, you'll be in a position where, I mean, some very incredible things can start to happen. Like if if you and I think that's what that's that's what you can actually help people do. You can help them get clear, get focused, uh, start walking their why, start getting stuff out into the world so that people can begin to interact with it and engage with it so that when they are working, when they are settled, when they do have money, who are they going to turn to? They're going to turn to the people that they've been watching and listening to that have been blessing them throughout this whole period. I mean, that, that just makes sense. Mm, amen. Yeah, I love it. And you, you reminded me, I know we need to wrap up this call. You reminded me something mm. that was also in the same conversation earlier uh, with this woman I was speaking about. The wonderful voice. I was not aware that she has it, really. Um, she was speaking about something really beautiful in terms of the new economy and how what if the economy that we're building right now by default is one where we all help one another? And, you know, I mean, this is kind of what is happening right now uh, in many ways, right? We're just helping one another. Who's the guide? Who's the, who's the one being guided? <laughs> and in many ways, that's true. We really, and we need to realize that each and every one of us has a role in this, a unique role. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. And we yeah. can uniquely help someone else. Right. And they and vice versa. So I think it's a re- beautiful way to kind of think of what the new economy could be. And so a, a term that came to my mind as she was saying that, and it actually dropped in deeper as you were talking, which is beautiful. I love that story. It's just such a powerful story. Right. And hey, that could have happened now. Right. That was sure. that was a particular <laughs> crisis you were going through. But mm-hmm. it could be now. It could be now that that happened. Right. So all of you out there who are listening to Michael's story, don't think, oh, well, that was then and that was him. This could be you. and This could be now. Right. So but a term that really came to me as you were speaking and as I was talking to this woman earlier is this idea of the currency. So right now where our currency is money and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's not going to go away completely, but it might be largely replaced by the currency of compassion. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. And this doesn't mean, this shouldn't scare people to think, okay, <laughs> I can't pay my mortgage with compassion. Right. But, right. well, yes. It's a good start, yes, though. Can. <laughs> it's a good, it's because, a good damn good start. <laughs> because for many years, I, I, I just had someone write me today. I, literally, I, I could show you the WhatsApp. In fact, I'm going to go look at the WhatsApp right now. I created two videos for my course, The Ultimate Confident Speakers Success System. It's too much, but that's what it is. And I took okay. two of the two of the videos and put it into my WhatsApp group. And these are people who are not in this particular course. I said, here are these videos for free because they had been posting comments about certain things, about modeling and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I created these videos based on your comments and my experience and so forth. I'm going to just drop these two videos in here 
it's free, you know. And one of the guys said, he said, um, just give me a second, I'm going to find, yeah, thank you so much. That's really kind of you. It's indeed what makes you unique is that you have a message to deliver, not making it for pure business. Mm. Another guy said, thanks, that's great. Thank you so much. These videos are indeed very helpful. So the point is that if you're in a business, you need to make money. It's a business. But this idea of compassion, I think it's, it's that first step and it's a continuous step that you want to continue to do in your business because people have knowledge that and you just never know because I had someone not too long ago, like in the midst of this coronavirus, oh, wealthy people in all in, in of all places in India, wealthy family own their own business. I have, I have clients in India who this one guy said we used to own our own helicopter. <laughs> we like mm -hmm. they're very wealthy. And so this other guy's like, hey, I'm at home now. A young guy, this guy's probably 20, 30 years younger than me. I'm at home now and I've got time to work on my speech. Boom, uh, let's do the coaching. And I was wow. like totally shocked. So I'm saying that to say that you just never know uh, who, when, or where. And you just have to put your stuff out there this is a time kind of to put your stuff out there without necessarily expecting to be paid, but you know, that compassion that you put into whatever you're putting out there, that's going to touch somebody. You never know who it's going to touch. And, I, and I'm definitely, I can definitely testify to that. You never know who it's going to touch and how that's going to come back to you later in finance, like literally in a financial return. Not that mm -hmm. you should be, Mm -hmm. Like that's necessary for a business, but when you put it out there, don't put it out there so that you can get a financial return. But trust me, when you put it out there and it's a value and it's helping people, chances are you're you're going to get a financial return from someone at some point. Amen. I have a, I just, I'll give a brief story of my own experience mm -hmm. about that. And you've heard this from me before. I won't go into the whole thing, but my I had a business for gosh almost 24 years now in mm -hmm. ecological interior design and it all came from a spiritual download that's a whole other story but the name that came out of it was alter eco and the eco alter eco like alter ego but eco mm -hmm. it's your highest self not just your alternate self these letters had meaning to me and it was ecology compassion was the c and oneness was the o I won't mm -hmm. go too deep, but I just want to pull out the compassion piece. Because like I said, this was kind of, this was just literally like a spiritual download for me. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I built a business on this, on these ideas that came up through this, through this epiphany. And mm -hmm. so I basically, it was, it was like, I had to put something, I had to put it to practical use. I had grown up as a builder, designer, creator. So I said, okay, ecology, I already love nature. Ecology is going to be the way, the materials I use and the way I honor the earth. And a healthy planet okay mm -hmm. compassion mm -hmm. is going to be my motto for customer service because doesn't every business and doesn't every let me put it this way doesn't every consumer every customer mm -hmm. want to work with a company that is compassionate <laughs> i mean yeah. isn't that yeah. a good customer service policy 
So that became like, okay, compassion, customer service, that works. And then of course, one, this was all about just connecting with everyone I could. So I love what you're saying, Michael, because the truth is if we need to come into life and we want to, right? We want to come into a life in the way that we're demonstrating our care for other people because you're not going to have a business for long if you're not doing that. And it's right. a, a question of it's a question of how deep you go with it. We often, mm-hmm. you know, we think of customer care. Rarely, if ever, have you heard customer compassion. But I'm suggesting that's the level we need to take it to, and that we're being invited into mm, now. That's powerful. With COVID nineteen. Yeah, that's, wow. That's fine. man. So let's wrap it up there, and then let's do another one of these where we talk about this new economy and go into some of the stuff like just go a little further, a little deeper into what we're talking about right now to help people who are out there, um, man, you know, just transitioning in, into the new economy or who will be transitioning. Even after this thing is over, there's going to be people who, you know, who decide later, hey, I'm going to start doing my own thing or, or whatever, or people who are now forced into it and are just kind of scrambling like, okay, what do I need to do? And okay, let me take this course. Let me do this. And you've got some great thoughts on you know, making sure that you don't overwhelm yourself with, you know, all these marketing courses and stuff like that, stuff that that in and of themselves might be amazing, but they could literally cost you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars and years kind of spinning your wheels, wasting a lot of time if you're if you're not clear on some of the stuff that we're gonna be talking about in our next segment. Hey, what are you what are you going talking about me for like that, bro? <laughs> I didn't give you permission to tell my story. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm coming after you, bro. <laughs> hey, I can't wait to get to connected again. Looking forward. To All right, it. man. All right. Good. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. All right. Take talk care. To we'll you talk soon. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.